Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in today. Find all the audio versions of this at pathtozion.com. We go all the way back two and a half years ago, roughly, and uh, have a whole heap and helping of audio podcasts there, and of course, video series here on YouTube. Um, we are in the, the very beginning stages. This is part two of When Men Change Sabbath. Why the church no longer honors the biblical holy day. And what we've already established at the very beginning, and then we'll move right into today, is the fact that Yahweh Elohim created a day. He established a day in Genesis chapter 2 at creation where he marked it. He made it distinct. He made it holy. He made it consecrated. We looked at the Hebrew word kadash. He made it different, distinct, and distinguishable, and said, this is a day that I am marking in creation. He didn't really give us a purpose at that time. He didn't really tell us what this would mean for his people or what we're supposed to do about it. This is just as I established, I believe clearly, in Genesis 2, this is clearly a creation fact, okay? This is part of the order of the universe, There is a day that the holy righteous king, Yahweh Elohim, the one who is above every other thing, person, principality, power, king, priest, every human being, plant, animal, above, below the earth, and smack dab in the middle. He is is seated absolutely enthroned as creator, and he said, I'm making this day holy, consecrated, period. His doing, his definition. Now then, as we already covered in Exodus chapter 30, when he forms a people, and there's an identifiable people becoming more distinguished in the earth, he says, remember that day. Remember the Genesis 2, seventh day Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Keep it, okay? So Yahweh says, and then we're going to move on, Yahweh says this day, this one day, is holy, consecrated, and different. I'm calling it that. And then he comes along in Exodus chapter 30, and he issues a command that says what? Now, you keep it holy. You keep it. You continue to honor it, respect it. Keep it holy. You mark it. You set it apart, just as I did. He blessed the Sabbath, and he made it holy. Okay? And I believe that clearly shows us it is not optional. It is not something cultural. It's sure not something that was just, well, that's just gone now. Well, okay, if we're going to do that, then if we're going to have that doctrine, let me ask you this. What about these other things that happen? Let's look real quick in Genesis chapter 2. If that's the doctrine that we want to adopt, that we have been handed. Okay, so Genesis chapter 2, some things going on here. Just two specifically. Well, or any, I mean, any of these. We let let back to chapter one. We're almost at the very beginning of the Bible. Let the earth sprout vegetation, seed, fruit bearing trees, um, plants yielding seed after their kind. Then the lights, the expanse of the heavens. Uh, two, two great lights that he made that govern the day, the night, sun, moon, you know how this goes. Um, the beasts of the earth. And then we get, of course, to the creation of Adam and Eve, the first man, Adam. And so, well, do we have that same doctrinal principle and approach to those? Well, 
What? I mean, how, the intellect, look, you can't even do it. The doctrine doesn't work because like, well, man, man doesn't really exist anymore. Okay. There's not really plants and animals anymore. That was just for then. Just for when? Uh, creation. Oh. What kind, of, what kind of science would that be if we use that same understanding and doctrinal explanation to invalidate everything that preceded the Sabbath day? What about the other days that Yahweh created and set in place for certain things and functions that perpetually... Does the sun, did the sun rise today at your house? Did the moon come up last night? Are there plants growing on the earth in your area of the world? Are there men and women? Are you yourself alive? Well, why is that? Because what Yahweh Elohim spoke at creation has continued on until right now. But, but Sabbath, no, no, no. That's different. I don't think that's an arguable point when we look at it from, from that perspective. Now, I remember, let's talk about some personal experiential stuff for a few moments. I remember when the light started coming on to me in regards to the seventh-day Sabbath. Now, this is foreign gibberish to, to most of the church. I understand that. And that's so alarming to me that, you know, we have people at people we love. People we love now, great godly people who say, so are you still doing the, the Saturday worship thing? Are you, are, you still, are you still going to Saturday gatherings? You still doing that? <laughs> and, I, and I know what they mean, and they're well-intentioned, wonderful people that I love, but like, it, inside, it, half of me cringes and the other half laughs because I'm like, you don't understand. Like, this isn't some flavor of Christianity. This isn't some, like, this is just what we want to do now version of how we're the church. That's just our way of doing church. We like to gather on Saturday. Man, it's it's not that at all. It, this is not about personal preference. This is about, again, I am convinced, like biblically speaking, that this is the day that Yahweh Elohim created as we've established, and then as we've also established, he commanded his people to honor and keep holy in the same way that he did. It's not, it's not optional. Now, now for me personally, to springboard off of that, when, when I started coming into this understanding, I started asking these questions, I really wrestled this, this inner turmoil of my identity. Um, I thought I already rested. Everything I had, ta- had been taught was in my understanding at the time about Paul's writings and things in Hebrews. And well, I'm in the finished work, right? I'm I'm in the rest. I mean, Yeshua Messiah accomplished all this stuff and did all these things and did away with all the hard things I don't have to do anymore so I can sit down and rest and I I can just kind of like eternally chill out in Jesus. I'm 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 in the I'm in the Sabbath rest now. I'm in the Sabbath rest, you know? But what does that really mean, you know? We don't really talk about that. It's just kind of excusatory this perpetual resting. And although I never labeled myself for a long time now wide way like wide way doctrine, I never made this a doctrine, but subliminally not realizing it, I was the typical I'm the Sabbath I'm in the Sabbath rest all the time. That's who I was. The all the time guy. I worship God every single day. <laughs> Don't you know, man, I worship God all the time. I you know what I mean? <laughs> With great intentions, with like a pretty good amount of uh, behind it. 
Um, but I realized as I, as through, through some brothers who loved me enough to give me some hard, like, Joel, have you thought about this? And through what the Father was showing me, through what I was, again, studying to show myself approved and not just buying into the doctrine I had been handed, forcing myself to question my identity and say, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? The healthiest question we can ever ask as believers, I believe. I said, I worship God all the time, man. I don't need a day. I don't even need a Sunday. That was my position. I don't need a Sunday. We, we, our household and others who have been alongside us for years, we got out of the church, man, 15 plus years ago. Now, I'm not in bondage to the religious system. I don't need to worship God on Sunday. I worship him all the time. Mm. It was part of our process, but I see now that in many ways I didn't even know then, I was very arrogant and prideful. I'm always in the Sabbath rest, man. But I had to face that through the study of the Scripture, I had exalted my own self over Yahweh's ways and commands, period. No way to argue that away. About a year ago, as I just referenced, um, a brother came into my life and we were having this conversation. I was talking about this, somehow the, the seventh day Sabbath came up and he said, you know, I just, so you worship the Lord all the time, Joel. That's, that's good every day, you know, and that's not, and again, it's not one or the other. We're not talking about, well, you only worship the Lord on Shabbat, seventh day Sabbath, Saturday. We're going to talk about that mentality too, probably in this episode here, in this part. Because we're not talking about just what day you worship the Lord on. That's, that's bad doctrine too, and we're going to put some light on that in a few moments. But the question was from this gentleman, he said, but what is Yahweh's appointed day? Okay, that's good that you, that you do that. That's good. That's fine. He wasn't condemning in any way. That's good, man. But what do you do with Genesis 2, Yahweh's appointed day, Exodus 30, keep this day holy? Those two and many more. What about the day that he himself set aside? And then those, who, then those who say they loved him, he told them to do it also, as we've already looked at. What about what he, Yahweh, established as an eternal covenant for his people? What about that? And so I began to wrestle, and I had this inner turmoil. Me now, about a year ago, not long ago, and I had to start asking myself, what if, in my best intentions... To be a Sabbath rest guy who's always communing with the Father, I've still missed something about this set-apart, holy, consecrated day. And as I began to do that, the Father began to unveil my eyes. And as my heart became willing to take that box, if you will, that compartment of my doctrine, my de- that compartment of my understanding, and submit it to Him and say, Look, redefine this all you want to, Father. I trust you. I want to be pleasing in your sight. And if I'm not doing something to make myself holy in your sight, help me to know why so I can get these things right and and fulfill what you have for me. So I had to personally recognize what we read in Exodus. Quote, see that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. For that reason... He gives you bread on two days on the sixth day. Of course, we know this is the account of manna. I don't have time to read all these texts. 
This is just the principle of, of Yahweh's provision, if you will. The manna, the literal substance, the food. So he says that Yahweh has given you the Sabbath. For that reason, because of the Sabbath, because Yahweh's given his people the Sabbath and made it established firmly in creation, because he's put this Sabbath in place perpetually on the earth, for that reason, he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain everyone in his place. No one's to leave his place on the seventh day, so the people rested on the seventh day. We know the story. We know how this account goes. Yahweh provided enough for them to have their food, their provision on the Sabbath day, so that it was markedly different, set apart and holy, and he made it very clear, if and when you do this, I will provide you everything you need. Don't worry about it. Like this, exactly like this text, I personally began to learn, and I'm still learning today, to rest in my Father's provision in all things. Okay? In all things, in all circumstances, in all seasons, in all situations. Because of my willingness to give myself to making the Sabbath, seventh-day Sabbath, holy, consecrated, distinct, different, I have learned, and I'm learning now more and more, that my provision comes from the Father. Everything I have is from Him. And this says in this scripture, it's for this reason, because Yahweh's given us the Sabbath, that He shows us a demonstration, if you will, of things like the manna, of saying, look, man, I'm giving you enough today to last you an extra day because this is so important to me, I'm even planning ahead for you to just sit down, stay in your house, rest and honor and keep my Sabbath holy. I will bring you your provision. I'll bring you everything you need because, see, the argument becomes real practical real fast where people say, I've got to work, man. I've got to work. Now, I realize this is hard and, like, this gets, like, individually challenging. Everyone's individual convictions and and have-tos are different. I get that. And this is not condemning in any way. But we better be careful that if, in fact, we're a people who are trying to live this as true, yet without any thought or concern or care, are working all day every Saturday, then there's a real issue with our understanding to what this is saying. Because with the manna specifically, Yahweh made it clear, look, trust in me to be your provision, to be the one who gives you every single thing you need. I'll bring it to you in the rightful measure to make sure you come out the other side of this well taken care of. It was just a simple principle within this text. But even here, like personally speaking still for another minute, like we have a, a small farm here. We don't have a whole lot going on, but we have responsibilities with animals. It takes some planning. It takes some, some forethought. And there are projects on Saturdays I would love to be out doing. I've, I've gotten better with it now, a year plus in. I'm like, I don't really much wrestle with it anymore. But I realized at the very beginning, like, I, I, I faced because of, because of what? Because of action, because of movement, because of actually implementing something in my life instead of just asking the Father, like, well, when you show me that this is real, I'll do it. Or when you tell me that that's what you want from me, I'll do it and then I'll know. But I said, no, if this is what you're saying, Father, as the, as the seventh-day Sabbath understanding began in us, I'm going to start doing this because I believe in faith in the doing it. 
I'm going to be shown something. Something will be revealed in my life that shows me something I don't even understand yet is within me. An issue, an error. And so as I did that, that started happening all the time. On Saturday mornings, before we started doing um, gatherings with congregations or in homes with other people, I had to like fight within me. Like, let's say it's a it's a June afternoon. It's 68 degrees and sunny and beautiful. And I have a laundry list of things I've got to do on my farm. I've got to repair fence. I've got to fix the waterer. I've got to go up the pasture and, you know, you know, whatever. I've got to work on my tractor. I've got to do something, right? I can't do any of that. And it became something arresting in my heart and in my understanding because I started thinking like this. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed. And in that, the Father started showing me his heart, which is, Joel, this is not about giving you rules and regulations of what you must do and what you can't do and what you have to do. Son, this is about you honoring a day because as we're going to get to here in just a second, this is a moed, M-O-E-D. This is a set apart appointed time for you, son, that I said back in Genesis chapter two, this is my marked day. This is my holy day because I said so. And when you enter into that, son, you enter into a rest in me that you cannot, will not, have not, never would have entered into until you gave yourself to sit down and what? Rest. Sit down. Just like we looked at back at the beginning of the study in part one. When Yahweh sat down and he looked upon all his handiwork and he said, this is awesome. And so now... Our life is more geared around, you know what? I don't have to do all these things. I'm free. I didn't know I was in bondage before. I didn't know I was in bondage. I thought I was free. I'm free in Jesus, man. I can do whatever I want whenever I want. And while I'm repairing that fence on a Saturday morning, I can be talking to the Father. Yeah, I can. And I'm profaning his seventh-day Sabbath, making it common making it just like a Friday, just like a Sunday, just like a Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock. There's no difference. There's no distinction. And Yahweh God said, remember my seventh day Sabbath to keep it holy. Kadesh, consecrated, separate, and distinct. Distinct. And so when I entered into doing that, man, it changed my life. It changed so many things in my life. I'm free now. I didn't know I was in bondage now. I thought I was a Sabbath rest, dude. I was in bondage. Why? Because I was outside of the God, Yahweh God ordained creation principle in the seventh day being holy. It's awesome, man. It's beautiful. And so Yahweh showed us that in the account of the manna. The beauty of the sitting down on the consecrated seventh day Sabbath, man. It's changed my life. So Christianity, it teaches us that days just don't matter, right? Those, the, we don't do that anymore. That's so much of people who even think they're free. People who don't go to church, they're free from religion, they don't do any of that stuff. But yet still, Sunday, it, Sunday might be a holy day. Now they would never say it, but it's still the day you do your, your gathering, that you go to church, that you do your Bible study, that you get up earlier and maybe read four or five chapters of Psalms. That's, that's the holy day. That's the Lord's day. 
Now, that's only because that's the the traditions of men we've been handed, and we're going to go through the literal historical timeline of how that was implemented into society globally and why you even believe Sunday is the Lord's Day and why I believed, past tense, the Lord's Day was Sunday. But I'm learning that although the church says these things don't matter, days don't, when we're talking about Sabbath now, days don't really matter. (sighs) Worship God when you want, wherever you are, however you deem right, you decide the form, you decide what is acceptable. And it's insinuated that structure and order surely equals formulaic and hollow worship, right? If you're outside of the church, if you're outside of organized religion, you know what I'm saying because that was my verbiage for years. Man, you can't cram God in a box. You can't put him in a religious form and do things strictly. It's just going to be hollow, going to be emptied. It's not true. It doesn't have to be that way. I've got an Anglican brother I love to the bottom of my heart. You can see sacraments and all those things that that even to me might look, this just looks like ritual, man. I don't know. Not to him. We've got to be careful what we're saying. We've got to be careful, especially when we're talking about things that are God-ordained events and even weekly, holy, consecrated moed times, appointed times. Man, don't be, don't be buying the bait that I did for so many years. That like, if I do that, if I do something ordered and formulaic, it's going to be hollow. It's not going to be genuine. If it's a command of Yahweh Elohim, it isn't going to be. It isn't going to be wrong. Let me tell you, it's not going to be wrong. It can't be. It's incapable. But we're talking about a whole lot more than what I've already alluded to. This is not. This is not a when do we do church study. This is not. Please listen to what I'm saying. This is not because I try to think about how other individuals that are within just majority Christianity might perceive what I'm presenting as, okay, he's trying to tell me we need to go to church on Saturday instead of go to church on Sunday. And that is not what I'm saying whatsoever. I'm not saying take your Saturday experiences, take your typical, well, you don't go to church now for the most part, your your online church and your jammies or, you know, your 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 holy time on Sunday. I'm not saying pick all that stuff up and come over here and put it on a Saturday. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying our whole mindset in its entirety is wrong. I'm not saying pick up what we're doing, move it to Saturday, seventh day Sabbath, and then we're fine and we walk on the rest of our days. I'm saying our entire mindset is wrong. Our entire approach to seventh day Sabbath is errant at the beginning. At the outset, it's wrong. So again, let, let's be clear as we begin to move into some things that are going to make sense in a moment of why I would say that. We are not talking about what day we do church on. We are not saying that. What day we gather on. I'm not promoting that at all. And so to make that clear, what I am saying then, if I'm not saying that, is to describe a moed. Okay, A moed in Hebrew is, is the proper understanding of, of Seventh-day Sabbath. A moed is a set time by Yahweh God. It's a set time for, for the Father to meet with his people. By simple definition, it is an appointed time. It is a distinct, appointed, set-apart time where Yahweh God says, at this time, 
I am going to meet with my people. I'm going to speak to my children. To rightly understand the principle of the Moed, we look to the Holy Tabernacle. And this, I ran onto this this morning, and this just really clicked in me. I hope it does in you as well. It was known in Hebrew as the Ohel Moed. Now that's simply put what you likely know it to be, which is the tent of meeting. To kind of give us a visual of, of okay, so this Moed understanding. Because I hear from people, Joel, I don't, <laughs> I don't speak Jewish, which kind of is kind of funny because that reveals mine and your ignorance towards these matters. We don't speak Jewish. Well, this is the Hebrew, <laughs> this is the Hebrew language, and and of course, this is what the the Bible was primarily written in, and and who they were, who it was written to. But this word moed, to make it as clear as I know how, is using the uh, tent of meeting as an example. This is the Ohel Moed, okay? And so it was the one place on earth, the tent of meeting, that at the time, God and his people could physically connect. At that point, it was a, a physical example, a, as ridiculous as it was, like this this literal tent that somehow housed the holy presence of Yahweh Elohim, man, and just pause, we have something better than that now? Oh my goodness, we don't understand anything, right? Okay, let's get back. So this was a tent of meeting. It was a set-apart, distinct, holy space, right? It was a holy space for an appointed time where Yahweh God would literally meet and engage with his people, okay, to get this through our mind about what Sabbath is, because Sabbath, seventh day Sabbath, is a moed. It is an appointed time, okay, appointed by who? By a priest, by a bishop, by a, a, a rabbi, by, you know, Pastor James down there. No, no, this is an appointed time back to Genesis 2 by Yahweh Elohim that he marked in time. And of course, he knew what he was doing when he sat down and established this holy day, of course. And so to rightly understand this in the holy tabernacle understanding, Leviticus 23 states, alongside the feasts of the Lord, Passover, unleavened, unleavened bread, Sukkot, which is tabernacles, these other things, these are moeds. That's why feasts matter, the feasts of the Lord, not the feasts of the Jews. They're the feasts of the Lord. Again, sourced in, established by Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim, period. Okay? <laughs> There's something greater than all these things we've misunderstood. These are his days. These are his appointed moed. Moedim is the plural. Okay? So Yahweh told Moses these things um, to put moedim, appointed times, that they were put into place for the children of Israel, that the, that the Christian church now says that she is. I hear verbiage in places that surprises me about how we know we're Israel. We're Israel. We're the same as Israel. We are spiritual Israel, of course, whatever the verbiage is that you hear, but like we are the same. We're inseparable. We're Israel. Okay, well, my constant question to that type of discussion is like, well, what about these things then? What about these things? Because the Christian church says that they are the same as Israel. In measure, they understand the grafted-in principle. I only understand it myself in small measure, but I understand it way more than I did a year ago. But then why don't we do these things? Why don't we do these things like Leviticus 23 clearly states are these moedim, these set-apart appointed times for Yahweh God to put into place that covers the earth and includes and invites his people 
and commands them to keep and to mark and to set apart as holy. We, however, have profaned the seventh day Sabbath. We've profaned it. And again, we know the verse and we're going to get there. But to profane something is not just, but it is to dirty it up and to mess it up like my GMO reference earlier. But it makes it common. It makes it mundane. It makes the seventh day Sabbath day like the sixth day. It makes the seventh day Sabbath day like day two. You understand what I'm saying? When Yahweh made it holy, he made it literally different. He made it literally marked. I think we've made that point clear. These are all things that we have profaned and made common. We don't, in most cases, the Christian church knows nothing about feast days and what they mean and, and how they all point to Yeshua and how every one of them is for a purpose that's so expansive and deep none of us will understand it fully in all our entire lifetime. But we've profaned so many things, including this temple here now. We could go down that road, but we won't for the sake of time. We profane the holy temple of Yahweh Elohim. Let's, you want to talk about that for a while? What we eat, what we wear, what we look upon, what we listen to, what we smoke, what we drink, all of it, everything we do. We make common this body of flesh and blood, which is now the living temple of the Most High, indwelled by Holy Spirit. We profane it. We just make it common like it used to be, tainted, dirty. We dirty it up. We make it profane. Let's go on in um, Leviticus a little bit further. In chapter 26, um, let's see. And then we're going to wrap this part up. Uh, sorry, I should have had this already here. Got a lot going on. Leviticus 26. If I was an editor, I'd, I'd skip right through this part, but you know I'm not. I'm not, I'm not ready to do that stuff yet. It takes too much time. I'd rather take my time studying, and you just have to be patient and wait through my uh, slackness. You shall not make for yourselves idols. Okay, we know that. Graven images, it's another wor wording. Nor shall you set up for yourselves an image or, or a sacred pillar, nor shall you place a figured stone in your land to bow down to it. For I am Yahweh your Elohim. Okay, so... So can we make for ourselves idols now? No, Joel says right there, don't do that. Don't make yourself an idol. Oh, okay. So can we set up our, for ourselves an image? No. Sacred pillar? No. Can I place a figured stone in my land and bow down before it before I go out to work in the morning and worship it? No, Joel, that's idolatry. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, let's go to verse 2. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reference my sanctuary, for I am Yahweh Elohim. Oh, well, we don't do that anymore. Do you see what I'm beginning to present to us? This is foolish thinking. Okay, so if we, if we adopt verse 2, which is keep my Sabbaths and reference my sanctuary, for I'm Yahweh, if we have that same doctrinal position as, well, we, we don't do that. Does it doesn't matter in Jesus anymore. Okay, so if that's the true doctrine, yes, yes, you don't do that anymore. Okay, so I can have an image, a sacred pillar. I can bow down to a figured stone, right? I can, I can make for myself an idol. Well, no. Do you understand what I'm saying? When, when you start to pick apart these pieces of this false foundation, these things crumble very easily. 
And we have to examine these things. It doesn't make sense. Our doctrines do not make sense, what we've been handed. Um, and so that's the Moed understanding. These are all synonymous to me with Sabbath keeping. They're, they're, they're all laid out. Why is it together? Why is this in the same place in Leviticus chapter 26, talking about blessings of obedience? And then it goes on. We talked about this in one of the more recent series. Then I think it was like 53 verses for the penalties of disobedience. Well, God's not like that anymore. What? Why? Who said that? Who, who, who had the authority to change? I thought he said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we brag on that when it talks about his covenantal promises. But when we talk about things that he hates, he's different now. He, 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 he just does. He lives by a different set of rules now. And uh, Jesus told us so. No, friend, no. We can't rewrite the commands of of the Father. And so we're going to wrap this up. Um, Let's read this and then we'll be done with today. Do you understand this? The creator of the heavens and earth has marked days to meet with us. Like, again, do you, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? The creator marks these Moedim, these set apart holy days so that I can come and he can speak with me? Oh, well, again, old doctrine, he speaks to me all the time, man. I speak to God all the time. It's arrogant. We have to, it doesn't sound like it. I'm not, I know that. It doesn't sound like it. But man, when I first submitted myself to Holy Spirit to search me out and show any wicked way in me towards this, smack me right between the eyes. It was arrogance. It was pride. Because I exalted myself in this Sabbath rest misunderstanding to not make his Sabbath holy, to not honor, respect, and consecrate a day he said he made holy and consecrated and commanded me to do likewise. And so we've got to be careful with what we're doing, what we're saying, and why we do it. Um, Looking ahead just a little bit as we bring this one to a close, um, we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 58, some stuff in 1 Corinthians, Genesis chapter 26. Um... And then we're going to start moving towards the timeline stuff about like why why did men change Seventh-day Sabbath? As this is titled, when men change Sabbath, why the church no longer honors the biblical holy day? Because friend, they don't. For the most part, it is a foolish proposal to say we should be worshiping Yahweh, God, on the seventh day. It's become foolishness to men. And we're going to talk about how we got here because it didn't happen overnight, friend. It didn't happen overnight. You have been what? As we've been talking about, the church has been assimilated. She's been assimilated. The people who hate religion that I know in my life, that hate religion, I don't do religion. I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm free, brother. Well, they believe that Sunday's the Lord's day. That's, I'm finding that's the epitome of being subject to the patterns of this world is being governed by Sunday Lord's Day. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, ooh boy, we're going to get into why and it's going to hurt. It's going to sting, I'll warn you now. But you're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Today, it's the seventh day Sabbath. There's going to be a whole whole lot more ahead of us. Um, But thank you for watching. Reach out to us at Path to Zion podcast at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, all those things. We are glad you're here. Amen.